Why I hang my hat in Tennessee. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing tonight, boys? Hey, boys. How are we doing? Good to be back for another week. Ready to rock and roll this week. Great to be here tonight. Very mild night here, which is kind of nice. So uh, looking forward to this one, talking about this movie, and uh, let's get it going. Yep, not a bad night in the Raj. Uh, so this week, we're uh, we're going back-to-back on the gridiron. We're going to jump back into the early 90s with a classic comedy, Necessary Roughness. Hey, hey. This year... The Texas State Armadillos are a little short on talent. Uh, show me the arms, huh? Throw the ball, genius. How about that? He stinks at two sports. But Coach Riggs thinks he knows where to find it. I never saw anybody fire that football the way you did. Maybe you should stay here with all your high school trophies. I wonder just how great you might have been. Now Paul Blake is back. To finish the season he started 16 years ago. I hope he gets younger as he gets closer. Whoa, a 40-year-old freshman? Yeah, maybe he knew Elvis. We're taught to respect our elders. Well, I'm not that old. Trying to win with raw talent won't be easy. Again! Because this is as raw as it gets. Once more! Come on now! That's better! will be the laughing stock of college football. Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! What do you think we are now? It has to be your team. Hey, come on, you don't want to mess with us. We're nobodies. I want someone to be their leader, not to leave them behind. This Armadillo team is on a roll after last week's non-loss. Nobody thinks a team of wannabes led by a has-been, can make it through the season. You guys got a hell of a lot of energy. Let's consider we lost by 40 points. Bumble-rooski. But the armadillos are taking it one game at a time. <laughs> That's what happened to wrestling, man. Women take over the sport, man. What we need to do is get crazy. <laughs> we need to get wild. Yeah. Hey, little doggy, you about to get fixed. Necessary roughness. I've been waiting for you. You should be waiting for the guy to cut your hair. You know, it's that part of the show where we like to crack into a nice cold brew. So without further ado, it's time for our brew review. What are we drinking tonight, Webb? Well, boys, just like the armadillos, we're going to roll with the punches this week and dive into a pint of Rolling Rock Extra Pale American Lager. This beer is well known for its distinctive full-bodied taste as it is for its craftsmanship, heritage, and green bottle. At 4.5%, this classic American pale lager from the Latrobe Brewing Company in St. Louis, Missouri, uses a time-honored recipe with only the finest malted barley and blend of hops. 
For more information, check them out by visiting rollingrock.com or by checking them out on social by giving at Rolling Rock Beer uh, a follow. As always, Big League Fricks reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Kick us off, JR. All right. I can kick us off. I've had many a Rolling Rock. Um, always very good. One more. Two sips. You know the deal. Uh, just a fine beer to me. I always like a good Rolling Rock. Um, I know what I'm getting when I get it. That's what I like about it. The attractive can. Nice bottle. Can't really go wrong. Summertime beer. Sometimes that's the camping kind of beer I have. Uh, I'll give this a steady mark. I'm going to give this a steady 7.9. Nicely done. You know Thank what you. Rolling Rock reminds me of? What's that? Early, like after, like a, a weekend afternoon starting early, and it's you're going to be in one. Absolutely. You're going to be in one all day. You're going to crush a few, like quite a few rolling rocks throughout the day and it's it's one of those days you're hanging out with the boys you've been looking forward to it for a while maybe you're going to a ball game that's what that's what rolling rock is to me it's a yard games beer it is yeah i i agree i, I actually do like this beer i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a 7.6 right on i don't blame you you two are on drugs <laughs> <laughs> this beer is a quote-unquote premium beer and the only thing, it, it's like, I don't know, it's like a bad, like, blind date on a dating website, right? Like, you look at the picture, and then you open up the, <laughs> or you meet them in person, and it's not what the picture said it was going to be. Like, this is just a terrible beer. So, is this that is, swiping left? That, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I wanted a full body shot. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is just a pathetic attempt at a beer. Uh See, Mrs. Webster, I'm not a beer slut. I actually really despise this beer. I think it's the most overrated and overhyped beer going. Uh, I'm giving it from at, Mrs. Webster. At, at best, cow. at best. I mean, the only thing that's kind of neat about it is its history and the fact that it's Sweet been can. around for a while. And the can's kind of cool. But I, I actually think it tastes like throw up in your mouth. Uh, and I think the can is kind of stupid. So I'm gonna go pretty low on this one. I'm going uh, four one. Whoa! 4-1. Rolling Rock, be better. What happened to you? I don't even think I'll get through this can. Did something happen in Missouri that we didn't know about or something? (laughs) Just an overrated beer. Jamie Gaudet, you don't know what you're talking about either. (laughs) Friend of the show, Jamie Gaudet, really likes this beer a lot. I I like it too. I love this beer. Get at me. (laughs) 4.1. Sorry, just because Kansas City beat the Jays like seven years ago in the ALCS. It's okay. We'll be holding the grudge. I'm more about a grudge against the Chiefs. Hey, you got a problem fair. with Eric Cosmer? Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs did. Yeah, Kansas City <laughs> oh, Chiefs yeah. beat the uh, Niners last year. You should be mad at me, the Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. <laughs> Is Kyle Shanahan from Kansas City? Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Well, as we mentioned, this week we're doing Necessary Roughness. It was directed by Stan Dragati, distributed in 1991 by Paramount Pictures. It got a 6.2 rating on Internet Movie Database. 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not a very high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $13.5 million, uh, grossed $26.3 million at the box office. A music by Bill Conti, which is pretty wild. Bill Conti's the Rocky guy, yep. and he's got a lot of... We've had Bill on here before he did Karate Kid as well, so we'll get into him later. But the uh, movie was starring Scott Bakula, Robert Loggia. Did I say that right, Loggia? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. Two Gs, right? Harley Jane Kozak. Sinbad, and Hector Elizondo. Quick movie synopsis. 
due to NCAA sanctions, the Texas State University Fighting Air Armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to offer. The university has hired Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro to head up the program. Gennaro's first recruit is a 34-year-old former high school star quarterback, Paul Blake, who has spent the last 36 years shoveling shit in his farm in Nowheresville, Texas. No scholarships, no talent, and a 34-year-old quarterback who hasn't played football in 16 years. What could go wrong? Let's jump into our character review. Let's start out with Paul Blake, played by Scott Bakula. Okay. Paul. Well, Paul, um, first note I added him, he was uh, Uncle Rico before Uncle Rico, really. Um, <laughs> he's out there throwing the ball around to that mannequin. Oh, so we like, hit this mountain? I, yeah, like, is he selling Tupperware on the side of that? That's the one thing I'm wondering about this guy. Um, I had a lot of images when it came to this guy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done with him. Um, his, I mean, his story's okay. They kind of go back. He has the chance. He, things are left there. He wanted to go back and help the farm, I guess. Um, I just, I had a little bit of Chris Winkie. I thought some Brandon, oh, yeah. Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Remember old college quarterbacks who are old? I mean, I think Whedon was Oklahoma State and Winkie yeah, was Florida was, State, was he not? Yeah, they both played like I think they were. Um, in the minors in baseball. Yeah, they yeah. played a Winkie lot a of J. things. Um, he had a great Jeep. I just, he wasn't my cup of tea as a quarterback. I didn't believe him. I'm sorry. I couldn't believe that. I can't believe that that little uh, non-mobile body has an arm like that. I thought it was a bit of a quantum leap. It was too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I know, man. man. Here we go. Uh, Long story short, I wasn't his number one fan, to be honest. I thought he was a terrible teammate, a bad leader. Uh, I didn't think he was a believable quarterback whatsoever. Nothing to knock against the actor. I just... He wasn't my favorite character as like a, you know a star QB. He didn't fit it for me. I'm sorry. One thing I did like was the pregame coin flip against the Colts. That looked like the U against Oklahoma, where uh, back in the 30 for 30 when uh, Bosworth he kind of that guy reminded me of the Boz a little bit. Flat top. Yeah, flat top. So it looked a little bit like the Boz. Long story short, not a big fan of his character whatsoever. I think the only thing that was really endearing about this guy was his sweet-ass Canadian tuxedo and yes. cowboy hat when he shows up the first Yep, practice. absolutely. Puts the dart out in the like, jeans coffee. Yeah. Like, seriously, do jean jackets ever go to style? No. No. I, I'm, no. I'm going to say probably not. Uh, I'm with you, JR. There was nothing about this guy that I found endearing whatsoever other than that. I don't think this guy's, a, to be quite honest, and this is not trying to be uh, super hypocritical here or critical of this guy, but Scott Bakula... You're just not a good-looking enough dude to be believable as a quarterback either. Like, there's a, a certain look, and mm-hmm. you just don't have it for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't find this guy overly entertaining. I thought his love story and that whole piece was really poorly done. Um, and I thought this guy, is, as a believable guy, that would like we never really got the whole backstory. I know his dad dies, and he just decides to go back to the farm, but... I would have a hard time believing he would just give up on everything if if he really had football as that big of a dream like to come back on this. There's just a bunch of things and a bunch of moments in this movie with him in particular where I'm just like, you're just not believable. Um, so, yeah, he didn't do it for me. Jam? Well, like if he can lead the farm now when he's like running it and it's his deal. Yeah. Why, why couldn't he leave it when he was like an 18-year-old? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of When you're thing. super selfish and all yeah. you're thinking about is you. Exactly. Um I just didn't like him. No. I, I didn't think he was a good guy. He was very selfish. He was whining. You're yeah. 34 years old, you're and you're whining about everything. You're whining about 
you know, how the coach is coaching you, uh, you know, what do you, ex- what do you, what do you expect? You're the quarterback. Of course he wants you to be a leader. Did you not pl- when you were in high school, were you not the leader? I'm pretty sure if you were like playing big time division five, a, whatever yeah. it was, high school football. And you're like, Mr. Texas, you would know what it means to be a, uh, you're a captain. Yeah. You're a captain. You're, <laughs> you're, that's, that's you're the it. expectation. And you're going to give up your farm or leave your farm and leave people in the lurch carrying the load to come here and just kind of go through the motions. Like, no. So mm-hmm. that, that stuff, he just whined throughout the whole movie. He's whining to her. He's whining to the coach. He's whining to everybody. Who they expect so much of me? You're the, you're the captain. You're the leader. You're supposed to be. Yeah. So I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't root for him. I didn't care what happened to him, really. He just did. He, he didn't capture me as a character. As Seems a like he missed his calling a little bit, though, as a writer. He was pretty good. He did. That was a good little. What was that, that was, line that he had? Uh, uh, Co- Coach Snarrow won because we played. I thought that was a good line. Something his writing like was terrible. It was a good I headline. It was pretty good. I'm sorry. His writing was not it was good. A, it's a great Stick to the farm. Let's, let's, let's also, can we just call the new question while we're on this subject? You got the five W's. Right? I was going to say, <laughs> but like, what a course. We're talking about the five W's in a university level course. We're teaching that in fifth and sixth grade here, fellas. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have Andrew Brynjarski in his like 15th football movie doing sure, yeah. <laughs> The guy's been in everything. Uh, let's move That's on to. Funny. Uh, coach Ed Stradero Gennaro, played by Hector Elizondo. Uh, I one of my more favorite characters. I like this actor. Um, I like him, and you know, right away when I saw him, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's in the the, the new Tim Allen show. It's like where he's a new Home Improvement uh, Last, Last Man, Man Standing, Standing, and he oh, runs yeah. like the Bass Pro Shops or whatever that he works at. His voice alone catches me, and I thought he did a good job. He was fine to me. His character was good. I actually could follow his character and saw the goal of it in this movie which was hard for a lot of people in this movie because to me it's not my favorite movie of all time so i could at least see the purpose of this character if that makes sense guys do you know what i mean by that like at least you're like okay i see this guy's role it's distinct he holds that role he's trying to revitalize it he's with a very young chris berman yeah yeah he's very young in that um i thought he was fine the no nonsense the legit he gets the job done um he got to that final game fast when he got uh, he got let out of the hospital after his uh, indigestion. For his indigestion. <laughs> he was yeah. on the sidelines in 10 seconds. Um, overall, nice job. I mean, for what he did, what he is, his role, I thought he did a pretty good job. Bob. Yeah, the best part about his character is the back and forth with, with uh, Coach uh, Rig there. Like, just mm. their dynamic and their relationship back and forth is probably my favorite part about his character. He's got some pretty good one lines, but he's really more the setup guy for a lot of Riggs one lines. Yeah. Um, and you need that, right? You need kind of like the straight edge to, to the, I'll say a little bit more of a loose cannon in, in Riggs. So they play off each other really well. So yeah, I enjoyed his character. Uh, and I thought, I mean, uh, Hector Elizondo or Elizondo, I forget how you pronounce it. Uh, I thought, I mean, he's always good for that kind of like sage calming uh voice uh and i like yeah i like what you said jerry he's got a very distinctive voice it's cool yeah he i thought he did a really good job in the in the role i thought the lines were written pretty well from him and as you mentioned believable yeah and i think that as you mentioned wally rig and him uh, the two coaches they really carried the movie for me uh let's move on to coach wally rig who's also who's played by robert legia i gotta think you guys can disagree with me if you want on this one, but he might be up there in our Hall of Fame bench coaches yes. of some sort. Oh, yeah. He's on our yeah. bench somehow, He's up some there way. With Red. 
He's up there with the red. I Especially enjoy when he guy. gets the big whistle. Yeah, when he gets the big whistle and he gets it, I'm in charge now. <laughs> he puts the suit on. He's got the white socks. <laughs> he's pretty good. <laughs> Pulling the pants up like Chris Farley. He, he might have been my, he's probably, I mean, he's my favorite character on the movie for yeah. sure. You have to have some kind of crazy football coach on a football team. You have to have somebody who's a loose cannon out there. They can't all be that calm. It's football in Texas and America in 1991. You know, it's no holds barred out there. Um, so I really loved his character. His one-liners are amazing. His he's a he's a walking soundbite in this whole movie. He brings the comedy that the other people in this comment in this show are supposed to bring, but don't. But he actually does, and he he fills a lot of voids that a lot of other people left in this movie. So cheers to him. He did a fantastic job and is a wonderful character. He's as good in this role as he is as Feech Lamada in, in Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Uh, <laughs> everything you said, I 100% agree with JR. He's a walking soundbite. He's necessary to keep this movie light and kind of what it's supposed to be. Um, and he's also uh, totally necessary for, for uh, Gennaro too, right? To kind of keep him uh, loose and make sure that he's not, you know, holding the reins too, too tight on the, on these guys, right? Because let's be honest, these guys are not your your uh, five star recruits. Um, so he's needed for that sense too, and he's a hell of a football mind too, right? He ends up drawing up the winning play. So you know, he's I, I loved everything about this guy. He's probably the best part of the movie, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned the other movies, like he was in also in the movie Gladiator, the boxing movie. Yeah, he plays. Uh, the like the manager one of the kind of handlers promoters in it pappy jack and he does good yeah he's just a good actor i really like that great raspy yelling yeah Yeah. i don't know how else to describe it and the intensity yeah how many darts per day for how many years do you have to get to get a voice like that he went a lot of two packs of marlboro reds yeah 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 he's up there how many so how many beers would you have with a paul blake what's his beer rating i would have one because I'd be interested in the farm. I'd probably have farming three. questions. I think I'd have three beers with Paul Blake. Then really? I then I'd just get too he'd be too whiny. He'd be I think he'd be real negative. I feel his body language alone and just that like eh look on I his face that. all the time. No thank you. I feel like he's so much of a loner that he probably wouldn't want to have a beer with you. Yeah, I mean he didn't even take a sip. Did you notice the scene? Yeah. When he had Ooh, when he was at the point. end and he was sitting with the coach. He is uh, he is hammering whiskey though at the old black tie event there. He was, he was, he was mad. That was, he was like drinking alone in his mind though. Like, cause he was mad, right? Cause his girl, there was, that was another weird scene. That's true. But, um, I'd probably have three with him. I'd probably have, I'd have a half dozen with Ed Gennaro and I'd probably have, just have like a baker's dozen with, uh, Wally. With Ed? I'd have a few with Ed. I'd have, yeah, I'd have six or seven with Ed and then Wally I'd have. You might 20. have to take him to the ER, though, because his indigestion That's true. flare up. <laughs> no fried pickles for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting into the old... Uh, <laughs> no pub grub for him. Uh, what are the pickled eggs? Pickle, deviled eggs? <laughs> pickled eggs, you know when they have the jars? Oh, oh, oh you get into your... Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, elbow when deep I, in the COVID. When I, bartended at the, when I bartended down at the snack bar, we used to have a big jar of disgusting. pickled eggs. I kid you not, I had to I had to replace it once a week. That's disgusting. Those people crush those. They're like That's the Costco disgusting. guys. I would have a night with Coach Rig. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. call him a night. Oh, yeah. This is it. It's I'm a weekend dig, bender. Yeah. Dig in right here. I'll be home tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to end Let's move on to Dr. Suzanne Carter. Played by Harley Jane Kozak. 
Uh, good character. She tried to bring some legitimate academia to me to this. Uh, I thought she was fine. She played the role. You know, she just tried to be a serious person in this, and no one took her class serious. She was teaching, you know, the bird class, so to speak, that the football players were all in, and she was trying to bring that part to make it a real college, and you could tell a little bit. I mean, the love interest was there, and it went all that way. That's fine. I, I thought she was a good character. Obviously, she got the pressure from the dean. That, that you know, that was all pretty predictable. Yeah. And you could see all that coming as soon as you saw her, like the very first time you met her, the racquetball thing, and then it goes up into the stands and it hits him in the face. And you're like, whatever. You know, you saw all that and you're like, well, she's a good character. She played a role. Um, she did a decent job. Again, that's kind of all I got out of her, to be honest, Web. There's not a whole lot to really comment on. She's pretty. I think the character herself is pretty. It's poorly written, or at least they, they maybe it was written better and they left a lot in the cutting room floor i don't know but there's just so many holes in her kind of storyline it doesn't really add up for me and i feel that like this movie would have been just as good without her like i don't think it was she was really necessary at all or because the love story was so non-significant to the movie as well like i don't think that whole angle even needed to happen i think you could have just written her out i did a little bit of a deep dive on that actress as well just to see kind of what, so she was a famous like soap opera actress. She was in, I think, Guiding Light or one of those shows. Uh, and then kind of after this role, I don't know if it's, they didn't think she was great in it or whatever, but she didn't really get a whole lot. She still acted for, you know, in a lot of things, but nothing like major uh, in a role like this. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think they did her a huge disservice by including her in this movie, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, I thought she acted the role okay um but like you mentioned Webb, there's not really a need for her because if you think about it remember when paul blake quits and he gets in his jeep and jason bateman jumps in with him he was leaving her behind like That's without even mean. without even like blinking an eye yeah and then he turns around on on a whim just because the kid's like oh, i'm failing a class nothing like, to do with nothing her. to do with her no good point yeah. <laughs> like you know so yeah i think yeah she, she didn't really have a huge purpose in this one. Let's move on to Dean Philip Elias, played by Larry Miller. I, I got a good... This guy, he's a total prick. He's got some great one-liners. Yeah. I actually think he is Jeremy Piven's inspiration for Dean Pritchard in... Or, oh, 100%. More affectionately known as... Jeez. <laughs> Rodney's kid brother. Yeah. <laughs> didn't we uh, lock him lock? He, like, <laughs> he is... It's like identical, right? Like just the mannerisms, everything about it. Uh, I thought when I watched this yesterday, again yesterday, it's I'm like, oh my god, I'm just watching Piven, you know, like 20 years later or whatever the the timeline is. Um, he's got some great one-liners too. You know, he's just this overbearing dean. We never really find out why he hates the football team so much. I don't think, other than he is that big of an academic. I guess I don't really know that's part never is really explained to me uh, so I don't know I, I think he's funny but I don't again I don't know how crucial his role is to the actual movie I think the base of the movie is really the football and it should have been and then all this other stuff just kind of got thrown in for comedic value that or you know a female audience and it was kind of not really necessary I think yeah you hit all those things on the head about totally about uh dean pritchard's he's, he's dean pritchard's inspiration no doubt i think webb 
he has to be in there because if you're trying to make the college movie and the you know the death penalty program you have to have the evil dean against you as well i think that's the only reason he's in there to me he's got to add that um um you know, establishment kind of thing yes. against there yeah, yeah. that's so how they, i so saw they have an anti-establishment angle yeah okay that's yeah, he's not like the thought. dean in the simpsons that wants to play hockey sack and jam out with Homer. no he's no. not <laughs> no. but i think too you make a really good point it's again kind of goes back to you know the doctor carter whatever her name was it's loose you're just like oh yeah he regraded the papers but whatever like no that never really materialized you're like okay whatever i think he was just there to be the anti to help make yeah. the hate the establishment so to speak add That's a little it. bit more adversity to them exactly on top of like already being like everything stacked against him because they have no talent right. no but then you take like a dean pritchard in old school and you're like well at least you see his purpose he's trying to shut down your entire like you see and his there's purpose? a backstory as to why he's trying to exactly do that. but in this guy no there's not much there He's had some funny things, and he always plays a prick in everything he's yes, in. Yes, he does. Like, he's a good good actor. He's funny in that in that sense. Let's move on to Andre Krim, played by Sinbad. He had some pretty good one-liners yeah. in this as well. The dance moves are awesome. Pate! The pate, yeah. Um, he is a pretty good football player, apparently. He's big. Uh, mm-hmm. Big dude. Uh, I kind of like the fact that he chose academia over football. Yeah, I think that was kind of honorable, and I think the fact that, uh, especially given like the where this takes place, you know, in in Texas, and the fact that he's a big black dude, like that kind of goes against the grain, and I really kind of like that. That was the one kind of angle this movie took that I thought was kind of neat. Okay, yeah, good point on all those. That's the the one note I had was pretty, you know, how he took school really serious. That was nice to see. Um, he had some, did have some funny lines. He had some funny dancing. I love how he went from the classroom to offensive line in two days. Um, that's a little extreme. Yeah. But neither here nor there. That's all I'm going to say about that. His character was fine. That's the Jim. only thing that's unbelievable about this movie for you. Jet. That's it. That's the <laughs> only possible only thing had. that's unbelievable. Not the karate kicking uh, defensive lineman. No. 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 It doesn't have anything to do with that. Anyway, go ahead, James. Oh, I'm good. Let's move on to some other notable characters. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Jarvis Edison, played by Jason Bateman. <laughs> Sick young. flow in this movie. Unbelievable flow. Sick flow. <laughs> he looked like he was about 12 in this movie. Jeez. He looked young. He's a far cry from the Ozarks in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good young Jason Bateman. Do you, did you guys ever see uh, Teen Wolf 2 with Jason Bateman? No. No. It's it's not a very good movie. Shocking! <laughs> what? Essentially, essentially, he's like Michael J. Fox's cousin or something. Oh my gosh! Who actually oh. has the werewolf? He has a werewolf. Did they share a bowl of kibble together or something. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he's like his cousin or whatever, and he and he's he's got the werewolf gene, and he hasn't realized it yet. Oh my god! But he goes he goes to university, and he joins he joins like a boxing team. It's about like you know how like. Team yeah. Wolf's about basketball. basketball. Yeah. So Team Wolf Two is about boxing and van surfing and flux capacitors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's anyway. He's he's like the wolf in it. Oh and my gosh. It's, it's really no bad. thanks. Anyway, that's odd. I'm glad to see he got a new agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny seeing some of the roles that he had early in his career and how he was able to like really propel himself. Oh, huge pivot in yeah. terms of huge his, pivot. His because uh, even acting. when he was in dodgeball, he was still kind of like. Eh, he hasn't really done anything right 
Remember he had like that was cameo. He under, was Arrested Development not going at that point? No, I don't think so. No. I think Dodgeball was before that. Arrested I remember, Development is like his breakout. I remember watching him his in Dodgeball, breakout. like when he showed Some up later in the show. movie, being like, wow, he really hasn't done anything with his career. Like I remember thinking that when I watched Dodgeball. Uh. <laughs> but he really pivoted after. Okay, let's move on to Lucy Draper, played by Kathy Ireland. Lucy was... First of all, a pretty cool character in a way. Like, obviously, she was a good kicker. She brought some legitimacy to them, and she was like the Sarah Fuller of Vanderbilt. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that we just did this movie, and then Sarah Fuller, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Kicking for Vanderbilt. And and that's happened uh, a lot of times in in college football at the D3, Juco, and like lower D1 levels, but Mm -hmm. never at the Power Five. She was, uh, Fuller was the first Power Five one, which was awesome. Really cool. We're going to put Power 5 Vanderbilt in quotes, but that's yeah. okay. She had a funny quote when she said, you know, the uh, they asked her about the pressure of kicking for Vanderbilt. And she's like, yeah, I played in some SEC title games in soccer, and they're a lot more intense than this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear I love that. That's pretty good. funny. Absolutely. So I thought sure. that was kind of a neat story, to be honest. Kathy Ireland's a beautiful person, too. Let's call it like it is, too. She's, you know, very beautiful. But I saw the, the parallel to Sarah Fuller, too, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I like the I I like the fact that they with this character too they <clears throat> they focus on the quirkiness of the kicker yeah yeah right um and with her um and I also like the fact that she just wants to be one of the dudes mm-hmm. um and so I thought that was really cool I thought that they was really well done and I mean like you said beautiful beautiful woman apparently like I was saying to you guys earlier her eighty nine si cover is. Uh, regarded as like the greatest sports illustrated swimsuit cover of all time and apparently i did a little bit more dig di- deep diving on her because like kathy ireland she was a big thing when we were kids oh uh, i had a crush on her for sure she oh, yeah. she only got into modeling because she wanted to pay for her education cool she she was like a self-made wanted to focus on getting her own business off the line and now she's like a multi she's worth like 500 million dollars. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she's huge yeah. her clothes all successful. her stuff is huge when yeah. you go into in Targets and Walmarts. I think everything's Kathy. She had some bad early '90s bangs, so I got to point that. out. Oh yeah, so those are bad bangs. But she's like girl next door hot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the times, you know. Let's talk about Manu Mana, played by Peter Navy Tua Sosopo. They're all there's a lot of Samoans named Tua Sosopo. That's got to be really popular. Raiders had a backup yeah. quarterback, Marcus. Uh, Ma- uh, Marcus, right? Yeah, Matt. Tua Sopo. He played for UW in college. He was a good quarterback. Um, I liked him. I thought he was a great character. I thought he was pretty cool. Seemed really easy to get along with. He was so friendly, kind. He had a good code to him. I was, I was like, say, a good he's code, honored code, good code to him. Um, seemed like a really good teammate. Uh, the block he laid on flat top at the end, I, I did enjoy that. Like I needed, it was time to see that he was run, the flat top guy was running around pretty good. Old karma, yeah, like, it was I, good to see. I felt like him and Andre were way better leaders than oh yeah, Paul Blake. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they they carried these guys yeah. to me. I agree. I like him throwing Blake up onto the bed and the, when they first yeah. meet. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I also think that. Uh, when he's like doing the whole uh, shower security there for Kathy Ireland, I think she could have probably hung that towel just about anywhere at that point on that. <laughs> yeah, he was he was just a living, breathing towel rack. It would have been hanging from anything. There was lots of that. Oh, Manu, Manu with the dance moves later on too. Watch out! Unreal, love it. Uh, let's give a shout out to our buddy Dwayne Davis playing Featherstone. Your boy, there he is. Yeah, there Dwayne he is. Davis, and another football movie. 
Dwayne Davis, uh, for you listeners, he played one of our buddies in uh, the program. He played um, Alvin Mack. Alvin yeah. Mack. Yep. It's our boy. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Andrew Berniarski, who's in his 94th football movie, playing, <laughs> playing Wyatt Beaudry, who was also uh, a defensive mate with uh, Dwayne Davis in the program. He played uh, Latimer, smashing his head through the window. That's right. Starting defense, place at the table. Takes a football in that back of the head on this. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> that was a great one. He just straight turned around rubs his head. That was a great one. How funny was it though watching Dwayne Davis like intentionally drop the ball? Yeah, you could yeah. see him like I can catch this. He was he just he like, was oh, shredded, eh? In this one, he oh, was yeah. really he was super shredded. Red. Really lean for yeah. this one. What is this? Two years before the program? Because he played defensive yeah. end. Yeah, and program was about, what we say ninety three. He was a defensive end in college at Missouri. Yeah, like he, he played yeah. in a big school. I think the program was ninety three. This is ninety one. And his yeah. kid might be a lottery pick next draft. Nice. He's playing. A, he's an. Uh, he's an all American line offensive lineman tackle. I think at Ohio State. Nice. Yeah. Ohio State that just bought their way into the college championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They bullied the Big Ten to have a season, and then said, "Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, we only need three games." It's okay. Notre Dame's going to beat him. <laughs> Uh, the last guy I was just going to give a shout-out to was uh, Charlie Banks, who's kind of the guy that catches the touchdown at the end. You know, like the guy, the only holdover from the previous year. Oh, yeah. Walk-on. Right. Uh, there's no way that guy's a walk-on at a at a no. supposedly big-time Division One program. No, they were the national champions. Right? Yeah, yeah, or whatever no. they were, right? No. 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 That guy had no athletic ability, not even Rudy athletic ability. No. 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 Not happening. Can I give one shout out to Rob Schneider's character? Yes, I thought sorry. so. Yeah, I was gonna say. Sorry, was, I didn't have him. Yeah. yeah, he's not funny. Oh, oh there's nothing about him that's not funny. I'm I sorry, don't I don't I, find him funny. What's like? He had a couple of well-written lines. For he had him. nothing. From he is Malaya. not funny. Only quarterback alive when the Beatles are still together. Like that's not funny. <laughs> he had some funny ones. He had one with like a uh, flag. I'm waiting for a flag. Oh, there wasn't a flag. There should have been a flag. <laughs> no, <laughs> the guy had like I'm a sorry. full straight sprint from his, his own. The <laughs> lines written for him are funny. His delivery is not. I'm sorry, guys. Like He's not him. funny to me. Do you, you you appreciate him more in the hot chick, don't you? Oh, no. <laughs> you I don't? Know, okay. You know what one of my favorite Rob Schneider movies are? Underrated? Fifty First Dates. Oh, yeah. He's Kills pretty good in that. that one. <laughs> He's the best. No flippies off the deck. He's be- he's the best uh, as the delivery guy in uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, he's fighting with the yeah. kid. No, but you know what Rob Schneider needs? Those movies, he's fine. He needs to be carried by someone else. And in this movie, he's not carried by anybody. When he's funny, he's carried by the people. I don't find him funny. When he started like oh. the copies thing, I'm like, here we go. The Steve Meister. I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, what was the anyway, one with Sandler and uh, the guy from King of Queens? Kevin... Oh, Kevin I James. now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah, Chuck and Larry, and he's like, it's like a circle. A circle. <laughs> but he's carried. <laughs> no, Someone's man. carrying him. He was hilarious in that. I yeah, but he's it. being carried. I don't like him. Not in this. Not <laughs> I want to give a. I want to give a shout out to the penitentiary team with oh, the, all those yeah. amazing cameos. Those are great cameos. Butkus, Jim Kelly, Holyfield, Herschel Walker. I think I caught Cherry Rice. Jim Jerry Kelly Rice carried this movie. Jim Kelly was a great cameo. He, he was, was not like himself whatsoever. Jim no, Kelly, did Jim Kelly job. carried this movie. He was a bill, you know. He carried the movie. No, he, <laughs> he carried it to a Super Bowl. <laughs> he carried it right to the end, but he didn't finish. Why? Well, he, nah, he missed it a little wide right, maybe. A little wide right. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into it. Norway can be the wind kicked up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some uh, quotes here. What are what are some quotes that stuck out for you guys? 
Mine are all uh, coach rig. Blake tattoo somebody. I thought was pretty funny. Uh, even a rattlesnake gives you some warning. I thought that was pretty clever too. He's going on. Uh, you can call me coach. He just goes. You can call me Walter. <laughs> yeah, uh, when it with the exchange there the first time uh, when he's talking the Australian rules guy. Pads could hurt his game. Uh, then the other one he had, if this if this was an astroturf, I'd dig a grave for myself. <laughs> uh, don't want to put any undue pressure on you, but his last words were, win or I die. <laughs> I thought that one was great, too. Uh, so, yeah, he had a couple He had a couple great ones. Uh, the other ones that stuck out for me, uh, Sinbad, just the teacher in me, and his, when he's talking about the first lecture there, and he goes, will this help me get a job? No, but they made me watch it in first year. Now I'm making you watch it. I was like, that's right. <laughs> exactly. You're goddamn yeah. right. <laughs> and Andre doesn't eat raw meat because Andre is a vegetarian. Yeah, that's that right. was a classic one. Um, I had a couple. Uh, I think there are a couple Coach Ed ones. Uh, hope he gets younger as he gets closer. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> one was when uh, what was it? Paul was walking in. You're like, this guy's grizzled. grizzled. Um, at least we have home field advantage. Well, the Alamo was home field advantage. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I got to give the movie that personal hygiene class. Something you know nothing about. Those are some of the ones I had on top of the, some of the ones you had as well, Webb. Yeah, I had the one with Flat Top, and he's like, I've been waiting for you. And then Andre Krim, you should be waiting on the guy that cut your hair. <laughs> 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 or Coach Rig, like, Rig has a million good quotes in this one. He's like, uh, if you can build an offense around a guy who throws like Edward Scissorhands, we're going to be playing a hell of a lot of defense. <laughs> I, I had read something in uh, when I was doing some research about how the original script wasn't actually really that funny. Uh, and as the movie was being developed, they they brought in uh, a couple of comedy writers to to infuse some more comedy into it. Can so, you imagine if this movie didn't have comedy <laughs> oh lines? Are you, no, someone yeah. realized this movie sucks, and we better put some funny <laughs> lines in right now. It got green lit based on like basically being like a an action sports movie. Oh lord, good lord, that, that would have been a bomb. I got one other quick comment to make about, um, maybe Michael and the realism, I'm not sure, but how hard did that old AstroTurf look? Oh my God. It was like a, it was like a, um, you you know, when you go to like, uh, Family Fun World for the mini putt, it was like, Concrete with it a little the carpet stuff on it. your grandparents used to put down over their concrete yeah. stairs. Yeah, it was like the vet in Philly. Yeah. Oh, oh God. you could hear them running thump thump thump. Oh. Like, oh. Anyway. I yeah. noticed that. I forgot to add that. It was like, that AstroTurf look awfully Terrible. Harsh. Let's jump into some little-known facts. So, former NFL stars on the prison team are Jim Kelly, Jerry Rice, Dick Butkus, Tony Dorsett, Ed Tuttle-Jones, Randy White, Roger Craig, Herschel Walker, and Ben Davidson. The convict team also included former heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield. Which the post- is kind of also funny that he eats the finger and yeah. then <laughs> gets his ear chomped off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little foreshadowing <laughs> his career. So the po- poster for this film was modeled after Paramount's previously successful sports comedy, Major League. So I'm just holding up the DVD for you guys Yeah, right makes now. sense. Totally. Yeah, they kind of yep. tried, to, tried to jump on that success from Major League. And I, actually there was something I had read where the director and writers were actually really surprised that they didn't get as much acclaim for this movie because they, to them, they thought this was like the equivalent of Major League, but for football. And I'm thinking, I don't know about that. No. It no. just didn't, It. I don't no. know what it is. It just didn't. Too many holes in this one. Yeah. You can see the parallels. There's, there's comedy, but 
As you, I think, yeah, I think as you mentioned, Webb, there's just too many holes. Just too it. many holes. Like, Paul is not Jake Taylor. Nope. You're no. trying to make him like a Jake Taylor, no. and the doctor's not Rene Russo. The nope. characters aren't well, they're not well developed enough. The nope. story's not well developed enough. They're not likable enough. Nope. They're not acted as well. No. They're I'm not sorry. as attractive either, to be quite honest. Yeah. That's true. And that means something. I mean, you, like, you had Charlie Sheen in his prime. Going yeah, this one too, right? Like Rene Russo. Yeah, like yeah. there's some pretty. It, good it sounds Tom superficial, Berger? but it's true. That's it what is it, superficial <laughs> as hell, but it's. But true. that's the movies. That's yeah. what they're built on. Corbin Burnson was big bad anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree 100. percent The predicament of the fictional Texas State football team is based on the scandal surrounding another Texas college, Southern Methodist University (SMU). They had been placed on probation three times in the 1980s for repeated recruitment violations, such as giving monetary enticements to players and their families. In 1987, SMU was punished under the repeat violator rule, better known as the death penalty. All football was canceled and scholarships were revoked for 87 and only away games were allowed in 1988. The team was uh, refielded in 1989 with an, an all tryout squad, similar to what they did in this movie. The Mustangs did not have a winning season until 2009. Did you guys ever see the 30 for 30 on that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. So uh, who's the big name? Dickerson, Dickerson, Craig James, Eric Dickerson. They they ran all over teams. Yeah, they were really good. They were really good. My dad told me stories about SMU football. The Pony Express. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what what it was called. called. Right. But they have been the last few. I'll say, like you said, two thousand nine. But I remember them. They've started to kind of make a little bit of a quiet noise again. The last they're relevant again. Ten years, ago. yeah, they're yeah. pretty like, good now. They're yeah. they're starting to kind of turn it back around. Yeah, it's nice to see that. I mean, the com- competition for recruits in Texas is intense. Yeah, oh. to begin with, look yeah. at the yeah. big There's time programs in there. Programs, yeah. yeah. So, so Lucy Draper, played by Ka- uh, Kathy Ireland, plays the first female place kicker on the Armadillos team. Since the film was released, several women have played college football. While most female college football players have either been place kickers or holders, in 2014, Shelby Osborne became the first defensive back for Campbellsville University in Kentucky. It's kind of interesting. It is. Cool. So Tom White Knight, who played Harlan Flattop Myers, was a former Division I uh, football player. He played for UCLA between 1984 and 88. Originally, he was auditioning for a smaller part in the movie. I think it was the character that gets kicked in the nuts by Lucy. Uh, But the director, Stan Dragati, saw him and said, well, you look like a big enough jerk. Let's put him in a bigger role. (laughs) (laughs) He might have played with Troy Aikman on UCLA back then. This guy looks like an asshole. Let's fire him. (laughs) Yeah. How funny is that? He would have been with Aikman, though. He was good in the role. I liked him. Yeah, he was great. He it was not overly believable for me, but yeah. He's huge. He was no, massive. But like, I believe I, it. it. Again, poor writing, but anyways. <laughs> um, his How about his like underbite, his jawline? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, might, hey, he might utilize some resistance training. Yeah. <laughs> I think he utilizes the vitamin S. A lot, a lot of that. Alan Graff was the football coordinator on the film. Graff was a high school all-American football player at San Fernando in Los Angeles, California. Graff played offensive guard for the undefeated national champion University of Southern California Trojans in 1972. After a brief <laughs> experience playing professional football, Graff stumbled into some stunt work and over time has become a really well-respected stunt coordinator in Hollywood, coordinating stunts in football movies like Any Given Sunday, Friday Night Lights, The Replacements, and The Express. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Sucked I thought for him that he went to SC. Yeah, it does. Yeah. a loser. <laughs> I thought some of the, like, there were some stupid football scenes, but I thought a lot of them, you know, like, the guys were, looked pretty, pretty legit. Yeah, for shot sure. pretty well. So, uh, Peter Tuasasopo, who plays Manu in the movie, had this to say about his time on screen with Kathy Ireland. So, Kathy Ireland and I became good friends during the movie. When we started the shower scene, one of the directors says, all the actors, or sorry, the director, Stan, said, all the actors except Manu get out. Jason Bateman was like, what the fuck? All the actors called me lucky. When Kathy's parts were done in the movie, she left me a package at the hotel. It was a signed 8x10 that said, you will always be my Manu. Love, Kathy. When I got back home after the movie wrapped, I forgot it was in my suitcase. And then I got home, my wife was unpacking my suitcase. She found it and she goes, what's this? Before I could answer, she rips it in half. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Bateman, you little pervert. <laughs> That's a good no, I thought that was hilarious. Holy Just, cow. What the fuck? So the opposing teams were filled out by mostly NCAA Division One football players, and scenes were shot with the NFL films crew. I thought the shooting was pretty well. They did a pretty good job there. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, overall, like if we had to, if I had to think back on all the football movies, like yeah, it was pretty well done. Yeah, Even though the players are supposed to be shit, but they yeah. look relatively realistic. Yep. <clears throat> so Scott Bakula wasn't a football player, but he was athletic. When he was asked uh, if he wanted a football double, he's like, no, I can do my own stunts. On the very first play, he gets tackled by two linemen and separates his non-throwing shoulder. <laughs> oh, he took so, some big hits. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. His release point of his throw looked terrible. Yeah, he was, yeah, it was, was very really, it was really back behind his head. Like it looked like he was trying to throw like pop flies. Yeah, it was very herky jerky. I thought. Well, and it just it wouldn't carry. It would go really high up in the air and then down twenty yards at best. Yeah, no. Yeah, he no. He uh, that that kind of reminds me. I remember when uh, the guy that played Joe Kane oh, yeah. said he wanted to do his stunts in the first play. He got smoked and like hurt himself. Yeah. Let that, someone else in on that one. Yeah. Let the let the guys let the doubles do just it. Just let them do it. Yeah. It'll look better anyway. So Tom White Knight, who played uh, Flat Top, had this to say about So the worst part for me was the last scene in the movie when my face mask gets ripped off and Pete blows me up. That was Manu. I'm not sure if Alan Graff, who was the football cleaner, was just deriving a sick pleasure out of it. But I think he uh, we ended up doing that shot thirteen times and I kept getting blown up. So the football director, Alan Graff, went to USC, and I went to UCLA, so I think he was just taking it out of me because of that ride. <laughs> well, SoCal. Fair enough. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's funny. So, Andrew Brynjarski on talking about if he gets recognized for this for this role. I remember meeting Dr. Dre at uh, Gold's Gym way after the film. I was introduced to him, and the first words he said to me were, 40 yards? How far did he kick it? 40 yards. <laughs> that line he, <laughs> yeah. uh, he said that was his favorite line in the movie. That got me to, to visit him when he was editing and producing Chronic 2000 in studio. So we hung out and spent time uh, all because of I had that stupid line and necessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Pretty cool. Get to hang out with Dr. Dre. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Something. Let's jump into our realism review. What's realistic and what's unreal- unrealistic about this movie? All right, I'll uh, you take I'll, away, I'll fire this one up. This is your show, Jr. All right, well, I'll <laughs> fire this one up. Um, okay, let's start with the unrealistic. Uh, let's go with the karate kicking defensive alignment. <laughs> um, Iron Man football in Division One. Yeah, 
Everybody. <laughs> Iron Man <laughs> football. Except one guy. Yeah. There's one guy. That one guy. They said not Samurai. The defense. Yeah. Samurai guy. Send in the defense. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he just comes trotting out of the field. Terrible. <laughs> the stadium is tiny. That in Texas, that's like a junior college, junior high stadium. I had that. Yeah. I had that note. That needs to be way bigger. Uh, the guy wearing no pads at practice. Sinbad blowing up a sled. Yeah. <laughs> he just blew up the sled. <laughs> and the co- coach goes flying. Coach Rig. <laughs> Come on. Uh, 17 players on your team. Um, the offensive linemen not having their chin straps done up in the huddle when they're filming. They're like, all right, break. And they all the chin straps are flying all around. I'm like, just little details like that. The backup quarterback. That guy. Popkey. Maybe he throws it off the backboard. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I thought you were going to do one of these. That guy's brutal. <laughs> um, the corrections team. Coming in and playing a corrections team as a Division One team and then letting Dick Buckus. Who, and the dean set it up. The dean yeah. sets it yeah. up. And then your coach is like, go ahead. And uh, But part of the reel I had was... Dick Buckus with the pads on. He was young enough still. He still had some fire in the belly. You could oh, tell he wanted guys. to fire yeah. it up. Yeah. And that was kind of cool to see. The, uh, Kansas Jayhawks was real. That was like cool. Jerry Rice was in his prime. Jerry Rice. Looked, some of them look, Holyfield looked great in 91. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Like, that all to me feels that Scary. very real. Um, so, it was kind of cool, at least in this movie, like, Kansas is a real team. Yeah. You're like, okay, you're playing a real team. Kansas Jayhawks. Is that the tie game? Yeah, she kicked the field goal and then kicked the guy in the nuts after that. Um, The amount of sacks that guy was taking was wild. Um, I talked about real how hard the old AstroTurf was. You look like Joe Burrow out there. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, any of those kind of people. The idea, like you talked about NFL films, that really helped to make some legitimacy to me. Uh, One play that I loved, it's very college. Jake Plummer used to run at Arizona State, was the running back option. And then that play, that's pure college football to me. And Jake the Snake Plummer would run that first A wildcat play? Yeah, that idea. And you're like, oh, there it goes. And he ran that. I think he ran it actually against UCLA, uh, ironic enough. But anyway, it'd be after that. Those are just a few. I could go on forever. You had all the ones I had. I, I said, one of my notes was, is this the first movie we see a Wildcat play? I also had Sick Lid by Edge, the, the coach, the game. He had a game hat. He had a game hat. Uh, and Love that was a huge hats. NCAA brand when we were kids. So love to see that. Uh, I said I that had, too. I had the U. I had a sick U one and oh, another nice. one, obviously. But I had a sick U one because the mascot was dope. The other thing I thought was totally ridiculous. Uh, the first game when quarterback gets benched. He's fucking 34 years old. There's no way he's putting up with that bullshit and just hanging around and putting it. Like, his whole character I thought was totally unbelievable, but that instance right there, he's, and then he, he, so he, he doesn't quit after that, but he quits because the coach comes in and breaks up the booster party. Like, because the kids are blowing, like, that whole piece, just him, it just totally didn't make sense for me. So I thought that was totally unrealistic. Uh, no way that there's going to be bad blood between those two teams. Worst team and the best. The team. worst team, yeah. the, like the best team, wouldn't even it wouldn't even be a blip on their radar. Not a chance. In the final game, that Blake uh, just ha- gets hammered four or five times in a row by flat top. <laughs> like after the whistle, multiple times, like no flag whatsoever. Right up like, the middle too. Like, yeah, where? like and no blocking whatsoever. Just totally unrealistic. <laughs> and then the other thing that I thought was pretty realistic: there's always going to be a Billy Bob's bar somewhere. 
Shout out to <laughs> Billy Bob's Bar. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to a Billy Bob's Bar and not had a good time? Mm-hmm. I'm just putting that one out there. I know oh, we had yeah. many a good yep, nights in here. A lot of rolling rocks. At one a lot of, of rolling balls. rocks. <laughs> and a, yeah, a lot of rolling rocks at those kind of bars. <laughs> they a would. Giant snake of cups. You know what, they, know what it is? They'd turn the lights on at 2.30 in the morning. You'd be realizing you'd been drinking rolling rock all night. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, eh, I'll go home with Your it. Your toilet would be thank yeah. you in the morning. To- <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, James. Go. One realistic thing. Uh, the idea of like an older quarterback, not 34 years old, but like the older one. We've seen a lot of that. Chris Wanky, Josh Booty, uh, Whedon, like you mentioned a couple. All, the only thing I had to add with regards to unrealistic was, and I kind of touched on it earlier, but there's no way uh, Blake leaves a ranch in which he owns and runs at the age of 34 to go out and live like one season of a college dream or something like that. No, okay. yeah, in a dormitory. No, no way. There's no just way. there's at that point there's absolutely no way that's happening. I don't. There's no way a coach would go out and even attempt that, right? No, to recruit a guy like that. And then when you enroll in a university, you don't just fill out a two-page form and walk up to the dean of the university and then put your dart out in his coffee. <laughs> That's not how you enroll in university. Like you have to like pass admissions. It's a process. Like you don't just do that. Uh, I had a question. Like, how does Andre Krim go from being a prof to a student? Did he just give up his job? Uh, the semester had already started. Also, like, how can he start mid-semester? Like he. Would I imagine he, he could just. Wouldn't it be the same as? Was he working like, on his PhD? Yeah, that's what I figured. I was say, he was working he'd on his be PhD. Like a grad transfer. He could probably still play. He just had eligibility left. That's how I. He figured. had a. He had all one year of eligibility left. But like, you, he wasn't working on his PhD. He was like a full time prof there. No, I thought that he said that he was working on his PhD. I caught that really? too. Yeah, I think they said he was. Yeah, because you would still yeah. be teaching. You could still he said be I got teaching my master's and, and I'm working on, on my oh, maybe, yeah, degree yeah. or something called it. Okay, yeah. that's all I, I can maybe think I missed of. that part. Maybe I well, missed that part. It's not a very common thing. So I think <laughs> yeah. it's okay. You had mentioned already, Jay, about the fil- facilities in the fields not being D1 quality. I, I also had one running through a banner before a game. That's like so high school. Remember the, the one team ran through a banner? Yeah. Cheerleader was behind it. Remember she went to go fix it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that's, that's high school. She was they do that at like uh, Lucy, Kathy Ireland had the worst kicking mechanic. Like she had absolutely no <laughs> knee bend um, and she didn't have any like take back on her leg. She like literally ran up to the ball and her leg was already at the ball and she just lifted her leg up and was booting it like 50 yards. Like, there's just she had terrible kicking mechanics. I can't obviously, or I can honestly say I wasn't watching. <laughs> Go back and watch that. The scene where the karate guy kicks three players, and there's only 15 yard penalty on it. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the, the refs. The refs uh, thing uh, was really funny though. His uh, re summary of the of the call. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was really funny. What about um, the military guy that just gets dummied? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, oh, when they had the fight in the bar, like nobody. Here's the other thing: it speaks to like how bad of a leader Paul Blake was. When Flat Top pours a drink on him, like literally nobody, other than Manu, who kind of got out of his chair, everybody's just like standing back. You had this military guy who thought he was like the toughest guy in the world. He yeah. doesn't even like move a muscle. No, like you're not going to stick up for your quarterback. Anyway, um, that was about all I had, though. Oh, I had a quick note, though, for JR. Moo 32! Oh, at the start Lord. of the movie. Oh, Lord. You love that, eh? Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> or when he, uh, <laughs> Coach Ray goes, Popkey, show me the arm, and he pulls his sleeve in. <laughs> 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 or uh, Mackenzie. Um, or no, sorry, it was, it was Andrew Brindiarski's character, Wyatt. What is Moe? And then <laughs> Mackenzie goes, 
It means you want some more, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and Suzanne's laptop, did you catch her laptop when she was at her house doing no. some work? It's like massive. It's like the size of my, like basically the size of all the stuff we've got here. It was like like an <laughs> early 90s laptop. Nice and efficient. Yeah. A battery life so less than a disc man. Compact for serial. <laughs> I had a compact. <laughs> that was my first laptop. It was a compact. I think it was expensive. <laughs> Uh, let's jump in the soundtrack. So, music by composer Bill Conti. His scoring credits include all the Rocky movies, American Gladiators from TV, Rookie of the Year, and many of the uh, <laughs> annual Academy Award shows. He won an Academy Award for Best Original Score for The Right Stuff, majored in piano and composition at Louisiana State University, and earned a master's degree at Juilliard. The soundtrack was fine. Did a great job. Obviously, I, I can't believe they got somebody with those kind of credentials to do this I, movie. I'm not going to lie. So usually every time we do this, we do like the lead-in intro music. Like I'll go on YouTube and I'll mm-hmm. pull something out. Usually I can I can find pretty much every sing- every movie we've done so far, and we've done 20, I've been able to get a theme song off YouTube. This movie, I couldn't get anything. There's nothing. nothing. There's the nothing. The soundtrack is all labeled as... Um, like clips from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Each track is listed as a clip from the movie. And you and sometimes like there are some movies where we'll be able to find like scores and stuff. Yeah. And usually you can on YouTube, right, or anywhere. I couldn't find anything anywhere. They actually had a thing on YouTube where the guy, some guy, uh, filmed a VHS intro to the movie, but he stopped at like when they actually started the intro music for the mm, movie. Well, he probably just, didn't want to get taken down off YouTube. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, oh god, it it was horrible. I couldn't get in. That's why we had uh, all my ex. Yeah, but text that, he was playing stuff. that in the movie. And he I did. Mean, it, there was a scene. Fine. It was fine. I think I it's when uh, he goes to recruit him at his. Yeah, he goes yeah. to meet him at the farm. That's when, I, that's when they played that. To me, that's the was, only movie. That's the only song I could remember from the movie. See, that's all I remember, really and it was perfectly fine to me. And I wasn't watching this movie for music, to be honest, guys. Like nothing. It wasn't in it for me. There's nothing in this soundtrack that's overly exciting like no. how much do you think they had to pay bill of that 13.5 million did they have to pay bill conti an academy award-winning at guy that, that all point in time ones? a good chunk probably yeah. at least a mil like so, yeah, he got off that might have been that might have been something where that's you're like probably why they got paul bacula dracula is the main lead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably, they probably whatever his name is joe did, montana lined up yeah. and ran out of money or something yeah. who knows it did pull him off the set of quantum leap to come do it stop. okay stop all right Let's get into our movie wrap-up. Where does this movie rank among all-time football movies and all-time sports movies? This movie ranks nothing to me <laughs> and is in the N.A. category. Because I will... Actually, it's in the never watch again category. I'm done. It stayed in 91. I'm out. Goodbye, movie. Um, I shall see you never. Till then, Goodbye. Wow. So, yeah, no, it's not in anything for me, to be honest. I'm not even going to give it a ranking. I'm not putting it in anything. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't. So, I actually went back. I, I've i got it at nine for football movies. Here's why. It opens up the door to a lot of um, similar storylines in later football movies. So, the gimmick play to end the game, Varsity Blues, right? Um, it's basically the earlier version of the replacements. How about the coach uh, having a heart attack and winning it? That's Major League Two. Major League Two, right? Like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, similar storylines in football movies. The fact that they've got 
you know, uh, Kathy Ireland in this movie, right? Like Becky, the Icebox and little giants. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, cliches that get used later on by different better football movies. So that I, I think I give it a little bit of praise just for kind of being, uh, opening the door that way. It's fair web. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's a great movie. Uh, I think it's got some one liners that are kind of funny. I would, I maybe would watch it again, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I, let's put it this way. I won't lose any sleep if I never see it again. If you watch this again, you're desperate for, like, you're, you have too much time in your hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, like, I've got insomnia or something. Yeah. It's, it's on TV at 3.30 in the morning. I was going to say, it's on. And I need something to, like, try and help me get back to sleep. Way yeah. down on the desk, uh, yeah. In terms of all-time sports movies, I don't even know where I would put it. It doesn't, it won't crack 100. No. No, I've, I'm pretty simple, too. I've. I've got it in the back end of my 20 for football and not in the 100 for sports. Over the last few shows, we've been doing a draft in homage to J.J. Reddick and the Old Man in the Three podcast. So this week, we've uh, come up with a topic to link to the movie that we've done this week, Necessary Roughness. We're doing the best over 40 athletes in in team sports history. So best over 40 athletes in team sports history. And this week, we're going to give the honors to our, our resident grumpy old man, Christian Webster. What do you got tonight, Webb? You, let's, let's get you to kick it off. We'll go to JR, and then I'll take up the rear. I'll take we'll two stay. picks. That's two straight So weeks. we, we agreed ahead of time that 40 counts, correct? Yes, you can be 40, yeah. You can be 40. This is a no-brainer. Like, let's be honest. At 6'6", shooting guard from the University of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> who at 40 years old played 82 games averaging 20 points per game shot shooting almost 50 percent a game from the field averaging almost two steals a game with six rebounds a game and played on a team that included players like christian leitner eton thomas kwame brown ty Lu, larry hughes brendan haywood juan dixon byron russell who he dummied in the 1998 nba finals how are you not taking number 23, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, his heirness, Sir Michael Jeffrey Jordan at number one? <laughs> no, where I was thinking you were going there. I didn't know Woo! where you were going. I'm like, here we go. And then here I we go, LeBron. <laughs> okay. Uh, Suck it, LeBron. Good pick. No, not not, not right. who I was expecting, though. No. Uh, who'd you think I was going with? Uh, it's probably going to be the guy I'd pick, actually. I'm well, seeing what, depending on what JR does here. Okay, so I'm going to go with a pick of somebody who shows a lot of longevity, and he's still in some league somewhere, maybe playing the sport of baseball. <clears throat> he had an unorthodox batting stance. He played for, I think, every team in the major leagues. I'm going with none other than Julio Franco. Sick batting stance. That guy, I don't even know old he, was he on is. My list, yeah. He might be in his sixties, and I think in a Korean <laughs> league somewhere, he's still slugging it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think he still might be playing. That's a good pick. I had him on my list. Uh, interesting, though. I I don't know how this slipped to number three. I, this guy retired from professional sports in 1980 at the age of 51. He even has a special statistical single game achievement named after him: the Gordie Howe hat trick. How amassed 775 major pro league sports after turning 40. Over that span of 10 seasons, How averaged 1.09 points per game. 1.09 points per game. Yeah. Mr. Hockey said, seven decades. 
Mr. Hockey set every NHL record imaginable before a skinny, blonde-haired kid from Brantford, Ontario, came along and smashed them all. I'm talking about Gordy Howe. Great pick. He was my honorable mention. Yeah, I had Gordy on there. I don't know how he didn't go first overall. I was going to, but then when as, as soon as you clarified, how am I not going to take my hero? Come on. All right, I got to take enough. a guy who's still playing, and he's like 80. <laughs> <laughs> that he knows. We're not yeah. sure how old he is. So I've got the next pick as well. I mean, I'm not going to go with maybe an obvious pick here. I'm going to take a guy that I loved. Uh, I'm gonna, he played seven seasons of Major League Baseball after the age of 40 leading the league in strikeouts in four of those seven seasons. He led the league in whip in two of those seven seasons. He led the league in hits per nine innings in four of those seasons and strikeouts per nine inning in five out of seven of those seasons. In 1991, at the age of 44, he pitched the last of his record seven no-hitters. He also didn't take shit from anyone. During the same season, this old curmudgeon... Put a good old-fashioned Texas beat down on Robin Ventura after Ventura made the poor decision to charge him out in a game between the Rangers and the White Sox. I'm talking about Nolan, the Express, Ryan. Nice pick. Nice pick. Yep. Had him on my list, too. I had him. All right. I'm going to go off the board on this one. I had to do it. Um, I'm going to pick somebody from our very own Canadian Football League. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Louis Pisaglia? <laughs> he was a kicker for the BC. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Well, how many Rolling Rocks have you had today? Oh, <laughs> Seriously, this is what the Rolling Rocks will do to uh, you, folks. He, he, he could miss a kick better than no one. He still scored a single point. He had a great duster. One of the best cages out there. <laughs> you go with Louis Pisaglia. <laughs> Oh, oh that's classic. Uh, wow. Uh, how do Your I pick, Webb. How do I follow that one up? I don't know. CFL uh, legend. I mean, I kind of feel like I have to take this one because if it falls to Jamer, Jamer automatically wins. He's already got two really good picks. I know yes. exactly who you're talking about. Uh, hey, what am I? I'm at second pick, right? So I got two picks? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going with Tom Brady then. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and then for my third pick, I'm going off the board. I'm also going to go to the sport of baseball, and I'm going to go to a pitcher. He is an American professional baseball pitcher born from the Dominican Republic, uh, also nicknamed Big Sexy. Uh, <laughs> one hell of a pitcher and contender. Uh, you know him as Bartolo Colon. So I'm going with Bartolo Colon with my dark horse, dark horse third pick. Excellent. Done. Good picks, Bob. Good Nicely picks. Done. Um, okay, so this one's a tricky one. I have, I'm going to go with a uh, defenseman playing for Montreal, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, you name every other team, every American <laughs> team. He's an American hockey icon. I think he's played probably 7,294 games in the NHL. He still holds one of the best tans I've ever seen. Hell of a wakeboarder. Hell of a, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. stand-up paddleboarder. <laughs> he's a sup paddleboarder. Yeah, he's a supper. Uh, he probably does some sup yoga in Malibu. <laughs> He's probably out doing it right now because the has time change. He has a hell change. of a steakhouse, too. He has a steakhouse. He's jacked. He's a good-looking guy. He's got stories for days. His kids are good hockey players. He's He is a hockey legend. Call it like it is on a serious note. What a career. Not what in the eyes of Mike Babcock, though. Nope. Mike Babcock, yeah. The eyes of Mike Bab-cock. Babcock are interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go with Chris Chelios. I think he needs his due, guys. Good pick. Good, good great pick. pick. He was on my list, too. Well, I'm going to finish it off with a, an absolute legend. He made his major league debut in 1948 at the age of 42 
with the Cleveland Indians. Prior to that, he terrorized the Negro Leagues nice. and barnstorming Great tours. Pick. Barnstorming Good tours pick. with an expansive, devastating repertoire of pitches from different arm angles. He was known as the first pitcher to make the hesitation pitch famous. And there were also multiple stories where he would send all his fielders into the dugout and proceed to strike the, strike out the side. I'm talking about Satchel Page. Good pick, that guy's Jamer. A legend. Loved him. Pick some money. I think Jamer won this. Any one. Uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, there's some good <laughs> there's honorable some mentions. Some beauty ones. Can I throw an honorable mention yes. out there for 39? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, Fitzmagic's 39 Fitzmagic, this year. Yeah. He's 39. Apparently, I read somewhere he's going to be 39. Harvard graduate. Uh, another one I had was Guy Lafleur. Oh, oh Guy. the flower came back? How many flower. darts did he smoke oh, after the age of 40? In the old Nords days, <laughs> oh, he went down to the old Quebec Après Sai. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple. What, you got any uh, shout-outs, Webb? I, mine weren't team sports, guys. I, t- I ended up I was saying to you guys, I had a couple uh, golfers in there. I had Tiger in there. I had Bernhard Langer, Tom Watson a few years back at the British Open. Uh, I also went with George Foreman yes. before we, we clarified. Mm, he was yeah. on there, right? Um, so, yeah, I had a couple of those guys. And then my other, the rest of my board kind of rounded out with guys we took. So, But uh, just speaking of George Foreman, also I want to mention Bernard Hopkins, the executioner. Yep. Randy Couture. Randy Couture. Oh, <laughs> Give him God. credit. Like, that guy was, that guy was an animal. Or something. Yep. He, uh, won a, he won a UFC title at the age of 43, That's knocking out Tim wild. Sylvia. That's insane. Continued fighting until he was 47. Uh, I had Jerry Rice yep. as yep. well. So he had a 1,200-yard season with the Oakland Raiders at the age of 40. Yeah, he, he doesn't did. exist to me past the San Francisco yeah. 49 <laughs> I actually watched something about him when I was riding the bike this week, and I forgot that he played too. for I, th- I forgot that he w- played for Denver or went to Denver. He did? He went to camp with Denver or something. I think he tried to go to camp as like, like late 40s. Yeah. Like he was like before he, Very got, into, before he got into like the media bit quite oh, a bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, he that. was like one last kick of the cat. It was after the Raiders. Stuff. I forgot oh, he was wow. even with the Raiders, to be honest. I knew he was just, he had, they went to the Super Bowl that yeah, year. Of course he did, yeah. They lost, but. Yeah, he actually had some good years with them. That was against Sap and uh, Tampa Bay that year. Yeah, Barrett Robbins uh, went missing that night. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another guy. Yeah. Pete Rose. Pete Rose actually had some good I feel stuff. like Kareem's unfair, though. But, he was uh, like just a completely different oh, breed, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, had, I had Pete Rose, and I said uh, <laughs> after the age of 40, he was actually a he was named to three all-star games, amassed 700 hits, had an wow. on-base percentage of 360, and a $75,000 marker down at Foxwoods plus the big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's the uh, Jamie Moyer? Jamie Moyer. I had him Jamie on my list Moyer. here. Jamie yeah. Moyer pitched forever. Here's another wild card I had, fellas, that I don't know. We're not sure his actual age. Albert Pujols, how old is he? Oh, he's at least 50 right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of those. He's not like we're not sure. Because I don't know if the birth certificate. On a serious note, I don't know. He might be. Yeah. And Yarmir Yager, too, is another guy. Yager? Oh, yeah. He actually has the NHL record for most points after turning 40. Uh, part of the thing was Gordy Howe played a long time in the WHA, <clears throat> which mm-hmm. was still like on, the, on par. Yager the is going to go down as seriously. And I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I think we've talked about this before, or at least I brought this point up. I feel like he's going to go down as one of the most underrated all-time great hockey players of all time. He gave up three years in his prime to go play in the KHL. Yeah. Think about how many points. That, w- that would have been 100 mm. points a year added to his totals. And his his totals are still ridiculous. He's but still like the he's, second all-time scorer. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, But he's, he's I don't know, because he's played so long, I feel like he's, 
his greatness isn't necessarily appreciated in the same he way. He started playing on so many teams, too. Yeah. How, about, how about this stat about him? He's the only player in NHL history to appear in a Stanley Cup final as a teenager and somebody in their 40s. That's cool. Oh, wow. That's insane. That That's is cool. crazy. Uh, oh, here's a note about him as well. He's still playing right now. In, in Czech? In the Czech top, in the top Czech league, which is no slouch. That's a really oh. good league. He's playing for Kladno, and he's 48. Holy Jesus. Cow. And he had uh, 38 points in 47 games last year. That's pretty That's pretty so good. great. Holy That's cow. a good league. Uh, one other one before we wrap, wrap this up. Uh, Martina Navratilova. Oh, yeah. 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 Did a long go of it. I feel like the individual sport's a little bit easier, though. Yeah. Yeah. And something. You're yeah. not relying on so many other people, right? So true. Yeah. I mean, we throw Mike Tyson in there after last 100%. week or two weekends ago. Roy Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can go forever. Well, tell them where to hit us up, Webb. All right, all you millennials, uh, just let you know again, Jordan played all 82 games that season at 40. He didn't have load management days. Anyways, <laughs> thanks again for listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please to continue to engage with us on Twitter at, at BigLeagueFlicks and on Instagram at BigLeagueFlicksPod. And shout out to the lovely folks at Medicine Hat. The Hattie. <laughs> I think that's what they call it? I don't know. All right. We'll have ha- to ask. Yeah, I'd love it. Take care, everybody. Sports and the glitz and the glamour Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer